This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 24th of October. In your squeeze today, G goes for three. Floods and more floods. Lining up for the job of Prime Minister of the UK. And introducing Newshounds. This is your squeeze today. Claire, I'm filling in for Siobhan this morning. She's had something pop up. It is good to be here. What a way to start the week. Monday morning, here we come. (laughs) Starting with the anticipated news out of China that Chinese President Xi Jinping will serve a third term in the nation's top job. That comes after the Chinese Communist Party held a week-long meeting that finished up just yesterday, Claire. And look, don't want to get too technical about it for a Monday morning, but what has happened is that Xi has been confirmed as the party's ongoing general secretary. Uh, it means that he will continue to be the president of China. That's something that's going to be locked down in a vote of the legislature uh, in March. Uh, Xi also retains his role as commander of the People's Liberation Army. Uh, What Xi has done is overturn the party's two-term rule. It means that he'll basically be the leader for as long as he wants to be, and it makes him the most powerful uh, politician in China since the founder of the Chinese Communist Party, and that was Mao Zedong. This has been in the works for a while. He's been lining this up for quite some time. So none of this is a huge surprise. Let's give it some context, though, for people. Claire, what does it really all mean? What it means is that his power and authority over the party is pretty absolute. Uh, When you look at the men that he has put in the positions of power, and they're all men, there's not a woman to be seen, uh, he has stacked these very critical bodies with loyalists and allies. Uh, One person to call out is Lee Kiang. He's the man who's expected to become China's premier, which means that he's in charge of China's economy. Uh, That's raised a few eyebrows because he is the party chief in Shanghai and Shanghai of course has had some really harsh lockdowns and he's the man who has been in the gun for that he's been publicly criticised over that so there were plenty of people who were really surprised that he's been elevated to such a high level Uh, but the loyalists are really going to be standing by Xi as they move into the future. So that's the local context. The global context is that those in the know say this level of power means there's likely to be stronger international pushback on China from the West. It's hard to know where to begin when it comes to flooding here in Australia, Claire. 120 flood warnings in place, and that's just across New South Wales, including at emergency levels for parts of the North Coast. Well, you've really got a feel for the people of Lismore this morning. They're staring down their third absolute catastrophe this year. Uh, Really a lot of rain in that area over the weekend and there's cues from the Weather Bureau that there will be 
see more in the coming days. Uh, when you look across the state, parts of Moree are underwater uh, and locals there have been told to evacuate. And further south, there are so many really significant communities that are under watch uh, as the rivers rise. It seems that Echuca and Moama are so far doing pretty well. The levees that they really raced to build last week are holding up. Uh, and then when you get into Victoria as we head south, uh, 70 flood warnings in place there too. Heavy rain across parts of Queensland on the weekend also, but as is the case with flooding, when the rain stops, the threat doesn't. So many of those communities, and there'll be plenty listening to our podcast this morning from these places that are flooding, won't feel any relief just yet. The big news late last week, Claire, was the resignation of the UK's Prime Minister of just six weeks, Liz Truss. The way it works for Truss's party, the Conservatives, is that if you want to try and take that job, you have to get enough support to nominate yourself and the party then run an internal process. Nominations close today. It's a real scramble and we'll really see who is shaping up uh, as the next leader of the United Kingdom. It seems that Rishi Sunak is the man who's probably going to step up. Uh, He already has pretty good support. Uh, He, of course, was the man who ran off against Liz Truss when they did that just a few weeks ago. He ran on a platform that was really opposed to Liz Truss's economic agenda, which, of course, was the thing that has brought her unstuck. So he has quite a bit of credibility as they go into this round. Uh, As we look across the news yesterday, what reports said uh, is that Sunak and Boris Johnson have had a meeting. What that was all about isn't really known, but Johnson is someone who is also eyeing off a run. So we'll see where it lands. It's going to be an exciting day. Yeah, reports say they're looking to have it all wrapped up by the end of the week. And I should add that when we say Boris Johnson, we do mean the same Boris Johnson who was Prime Minister before Liz Truss. (laughs) To that issue with the Australian Diamonds, our national netball team now, and the announcement that Hancock Prospecting was set to invest $15 million into the game, something that the players seem to take some issue with. Claire, over the weekend, Gina Reinhart's outfit, that Hancock Prospecting outfit, pulled that money. Yeah, that pulling of that promise of funding over four years is really quite something for the sport. They're carrying a lot of debt. They've got lots of questions about how they're going to support their uh, first team, the Diamonds, their high performance programs, uh, and also supporting the sport across the grassroots level. So lots of questions to answer. Uh, What Gina Reinhart said on the weekend uh, is that it's unnecessary for sports organisations to be used for social or political causes. Uh, of course, that's something that really seems to be uh, at the fore at the moment. Yeah, and what you're referring to there is that news that we talked about last week regarding Pat Cummins and Alinta Energy. For Netball's part, their CEO said yesterday that the administration was reasonably concerned about the financial position of the sport. And if you want to talk about the game rather than all the rest, the Diamonds played in the final match of the Constellation Cup last night. They had a win to take the cup. They did it, Claire, so at least things on the court are going well. 
I don't know what you did all weekend, Claire, but I did a whole lot of housework and listened to a whole lot of Taylor Swift. I wasn't alone in the Swifty <laughs> listening part of that anyway. No, you certainly weren't, particularly if you're on Spotify. Uh, the streaming service has confirmed that it's become the most streamed album in a single day. Uh, plenty of people, if you went onto social media, who were right into it on their like a millionth listen within 24 hours, it seemed. Uh, yeah, the- that's me. <laughs> <laughs> the critics are in. Uh, certainly some really respected publications like Rolling Stone saying that it's dazzling. Uh, others like the New York Times, not so plussed, but, you know, that's how it goes. I hadn't got into the reviews yet, but I will dive into them today. I enjoyed it so much. Squeeze <laughs> the day, Claire. Today marks the start of Global Media Literacy Week, which is the perfect week to announce that the Squiz, via the Squiz Kids team, officially launches our Newshounds Media Literacy Program today. Give us the elevator pitch. Okay, so it's an eight-part media literacy program for classrooms. Uh, It's all about teaching primary age kids to be critical consumers of media. Uh, My favourite part is the hero character is named Squizzy. He's the news hound. uh, And what he does is help kids sniff out the truth behind social media, news and all the information that's coming at them. Sniff out the news. I love that. I would have absolutely (laughs) loved this as a kid. So if you're a teacher or even an interested parent, check it out via the Squeeze Kids website. A link is in your episode notes. It won't be the last you hear about it from us. We are super, super proud of Newshounds and huge congrats to the Squeeze Kids team. That's all from us. Enjoy your Monday and the Squeeze will be back in your ears tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.